So this is an REM podcast where we talk about gardening at night. The second track on Chronic Town, nearly forgot the name of the EP. This podcast is going great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Falling on uh, your face straight out of the gate. Straight Hi. out of the gate. <laughs> My name's Ali, by the way. I am the co-pilot. You're, yes. Ali is the co-pilot? Yes. Does that mean I'm the pilot? Yes. Right. Is okay. that... Are there any pilots in any REM lyrics? Uh, I want to say yes. I think so too, but I have no idea where that would be. I want to say maybe on Up? I don't know. That's just, in my head, that is an album that has something about pilots on it, but I'm probably wrong. Okay. Um, Now I'm thinking of the Granddaddy song about a pilot. I do not know it. He's simple, he's dumb, he's the pilot. But I cannot (laughs) remember how it goes. (laughs) Fair enough. So, well-informed discussions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> here. Um, on. Dear listener, if you were coming up with... <laughs> no, I'm not, not <laughs> foisting the responsibility of coming up with a name on no, the actual No, we've learned listener. from the Anta- British Antarctic Survey not to do that. Is that, um, is that what they did? Yeah, with Boating uh, with Boatface. Oh, right. I thought that there was a podcast... I thought you were suggesting that there was a podcast called the British Antarctic Survey that uh, that they just started <laughs> as a nameless podcast and then just that ended up as being the random thing. And that ironically, they on. they're being sued by the British Antarctic Survey, um, <laughs> who were famously litigious. Famously litigious um, geologists. I don't know geographers. Yeah, surveyors. Both of Antarctic those Antarctic surveyors. Surveyors. surveyors yep. Yeah. Especially um, if they haven't found any useful minerals, like uh, <laughs> like those uh, those ones that we discussed on uh, that letter never sent episode of my of your podcast, podcast. Uh, which is called I'll let you plug it. Plug now. Rusfal's Unite Movie Podcast, where we watch Russian films and films with a Russian connection, and Lynn's on it quite a lot. Payakali. Yay! Thematically that, appropriate. Yes, but, and I um, yes, it was letter never sent, and I think that was the episode where we made the rash promise that we would do an REM podcast. I think we did make a rash promise. I think I might have made the rash promise and then dragged you into it rather than you <laughs> making yes. the promise. But yes, we we are getting terribly self-referential here. Uh, yes, but it's fine. It's it's cross promotion, which is is. <laughs> capitalist and awesome that's i'm told that's what we need yes uh, cross motion and five star reviews on whatever yes i mean whatever itunes is called now apple, apple podcasts. podcasts there you go and also so and also Podchaser. that's another platform that I that use is another great lot. platform to use uh i use pocket casts <laughs> plug for pocket cast because it's amazing uh but i don't believe you can leave ratings podcast on it so Ooh. sorry everyone anyway but I imagine if you know they do have a like new podcast section so when you get all the views, listens. Yes. 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 <laughs> um, you were about? quite looking forward to this specific episode, I seem to remember. I was, uh, because I love this song and have loved this song for a long, long time. Quantify a long time in, in linears. So I bought Dead Letter Office. It definitely wasn't the first R.E.M. album I bought, but it must have been sort of shortly after kind of discovering R.E.M. It must have been at secondary school, so I guess it would have mm. been... I said the late nineties. Yeah, I think Up was out because I think I remember seeing someone at school. That's that's confusing as a turn of phrase. Up yeah. was out, and <laughs> the REM album Up also was out between was released and beside. Yeah. <laughs> 
and other locative, locative prepositions. I think I bought a couple of REM albums and was sort of slowly getting into them and then trying to place this. And around that time, I think someone, I saw someone at school listening to Up in mm. the canteen, back when we all had CD players or tape players, you could tell what people were listening to. So that was what, 98, I think, Up came out? So that mm. would have been, yeah, I think I would guess I would have been like year 10. Oh, gosh. So yeah, late 90s. So I was gradually over several weeks when I had allowance, I guess, buying more RAL albums. And yeah, one of the earliest ones, I think Document was probably the first one I bought. Mm. It would have been Document, I guess, Out of Time, What Mark for the People, and Dead Letter Office, and then probably Monster, because I feel like everyone of our generation had a copy of Monster. That's the album that everyone has. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah, so I listened to Dead Letter Office not really knowing at the time much context about really what it was. I was just like, oh, more mm. REM stuff, I guess. Like, not even knowing into, that the last tracks were their first EP or that there were a lot of just outtakes and, like, drunken takes on the earlier tracks. Where would you have procured your albums from back then? Oh, it would have been it would have been HMV, probably. Because that's the thing. I feel like I just because I'm a couple of school years below you i i think i i just ended up getting a ton of music on amazon and other like online retailers which yeah, is probably I, why <laughs> i don't feel like i really bought anything but much maybe occasional things from online retail until i was at university mm. yes that would have been e- where i started at university in 2002 so it's probably sort of 2003 that i first started buying stuff on amazon or what was play there's now oh yeah i think i think play was one i got quite a lot and there was and there was one that was like based out of hong kong which for some reason it was ridiculously cheap and that didn't make sense to me but it was so it was kind of like okay cool (laughs) i still don't really think i started buying music online for quite a long time Mm. Uh, probably since i graduated till i graduated from university i think dvds was like the first thing that i started buying more online ah my my first year at university particularly i don't know why but i i guess i just felt like i had money to burn this dear listener if you're if you're of the uh, younger persuasion this was before the great recession so uh, it was kind of all like oh well you'll get a great job when you come out of university so you'll have all the money so that'll you don't need to save or anything yeah, it'll be fine no. Fiscal irresponsibility was the order of the day. That was driving the economy forward. It was, yes. I until was it being, didn't anymore. Uh, y- yeah, until it crashed in a smouldering ruin. Hooray! Um, so were you familiar with... Well, were you familiar with this with Gardening at Night at all? That's the song that we're talking about. I'm not sure I mentioned that. You No, you have. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, excellent. Few. <laughs> oh, shot. You were... Yeah, I don't yeah, like getting old. <laughs> Yeah, now now we are starting to talk talk about things that happened in the late nineties. Like <laughs> two decades, what? Uh, the grim march of time. But that's a that's a later track that we can talk about that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, not really. I I think I probably first listened to it about three four months ago when we first mooted maybe actually doing this thing. Yeah, um, and so I had like a f- a couple of like listens through but uh yeah it's it i really like it as a track it's kind of uh i like the kind of double intro with it that it has what do you mean by that so you're you and me you are more musically gifted than me well this is not a technical term uh, it's more technical than anything i can come up with i've been in a band but i've uh <laughs> and i like did do some formal music theory ish stuff when i was playing trumpet like well through middle school but oh it was a long long time ago i never knew you played trumpet 
Yeah, I, I, I this is exciting. Was very knowledge. non-diligent. I, I probably played for about fifteen minutes a couple of a couple of nights a week and wondered why I didn't get good at it. That was very much like the first time I tried to learn guitar or something because someone lent me one, and I yeah tried it for about fifteen minutes and went, why can't I play this? And then pretty much gave up. <laughs> yeah, this is stupid and frustrating. Why does it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. I mean, I, d- I didn't expect to be Jimi Hendrix, but uh, at least like Tom DeLonge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I picked him. <laughs> Although that, that is probably a, a musical reference that does date both of us. <laughs> but anyway, um, as if we haven't already done that with talk of the late 90s. <laughs> yeah, so I had a um, double, double intro just in that you've got that a little bit on the guitar just by itself. And then the whole band comes in for a bit before we get any actual singing. Okay. It's it's really weird, but something about the rhythm seems quite festive to me. And I think I I, th- I thought about this for a while because I was like, there's nothing in the lyrics, and it's not like there's sleigh bells or or something. I think it's because the um, the rhythm is faintly reminiscent of "Just Like Christmas" by Low on Low's Christmas album. There's something about it that reminds me of that, and I don't know what it is. So it's it's weirdly got labelled in my brain as ever so mildly festive. There is there is a sort of certainly like jangly upbeatness to it. Yeah, that I think is a bit. It's quite poppy. Yes. Yeah. This doesn't sound like a band that is going out of their way to be like, no, you will not like us because we are atonal and weird. Go away. <laughs> I remember. I th- I th- this might be apocryphal, but I'm mm. I'm pretty sure I read it in an interview with Connor Burst, but about how most of the tracks, most of the opening tracks on Bright Eyes albums are like intentionally hard to listen to, you know, because they only they they wanted to like turn people off, <laughs> or like they only wanted people that really cared or whatever. They're to... just like room room clearers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And yeah, they're sort of like aggressively odd or have long weird intros or yeah, just don't yeah. That that is funny because I I'm pretty sure at one point I owned one Bright Eyes. It is Bright Eyes, isn't it? Uh yes. Yeah. Yes, good. I've actually identified that correctly. Hooray, we can edit around this so we sound <laughs> like I know what I'm talking about. I think I possessed one of their albums at one point and I don't remember ever getting into it, so I haven't have a feeling I gave it away to somebody. So maybe that's what happened to me. I was going to ask you which one it was, but... um... I can remember it having a very shimmery cover. I would have to look them up. Fevers and Mirrors, maybe? I think that has a, like, a silvered mirror on it. That sounds vaguely familiar, but... Yeah. Uh, We could... We're just getting distracted. I'll add Bright Eyes to the list of offshoot episodes, but... um, (laughs) (laughs) Because you give me an excuse to talk about Bright Eyes, but... Mm. Great. What are we talking about? Gardening at Night. Yeah, this is one where, I mean, people say about R.E.M. early songs that the singing is indistinct. Well, it's particularly acutely indistinct. I feel like much more than Wolves Lower. Yes. I think we opened with a track where it was fairly, I mean, the lyrics don't really make a lot of sense, but you can kind of make them out. Yeah. Gardening at Night, I've li- I don't know how many times I've listened to this track in my life and even looked up the lyrics on occasion and... I can get a fair amount of them now, but there are still some that I don't really know what's happening with it. Yeah, I just before we started recording this episode, I listened through with the lyrics in front of me and was like, oh yeah, I can see how that's that, how that sound corresponds with that word. But it's, yeah, it's pretty indistinct. He, he feels like he's 
sort of singing slightly higher than his normal register as well. Yeah, I assume that's the way that he sang it rather than a production thing. Yeah, I would have thought so. I'm willing to accept that there's a production thing. Is this the song where he legendarily sang with a bucket on his head? It might be. I know that was supposed to be like very early on. Without wishing to jump ahead, although that's what I'm going to do. Okay. I've been listening to the rest of these tracks as well, and it's just, I don't know, I think there's like a confidence and a kind of cohesiveness to them, including Garden Ignite and Wolves Love, if that matter, that this whole EP that uh, I think I was surprised by. I think I was expecting it to be much more like, oh, this is their first release thing, and, you know, clearly they're a band that seems together, but um, yeah, it kind of holds up and hangs together better than I suspected. I mean, better than most of these other early tracks on Dead Letter Office, but... Yeah, I've been kind of listening ahead as well, and I'm I'm much more familiar with, with Murmur. Okay. But what strikes me about these songs on Chronic Town as a, as a group of songs is that they're more... They're more catchy and they're probably more accessible than Murmur is as a whole. Like, there's catchier songs on Murmur, mm. but there's also more kind of, like, slightly oddball songs that I would have I would have said. It's kind of like they kind of used up some of their early poppier, or, or maybe not poppier, but just, like, more, just instantly catchier material up on this and then wanted to do something different for the album, I don't know. Yeah, because they were released, I mean, Memo was released, was it two years later? Okay. Or was it a year later? But I don't know, I imagine that Rigorously someone... researched, Rigorously is, not, researched. <laughs> is not how this podcast will be reviewed. But I mean, it is, I guess it's an interesting choice. I, I can only assume that some of the songs on Murmur were released in the process of being written when Chronic Town was released. Yeah. And so I guess that was a choice to what they put on it. Yeah. Can we make out anything out of the lyrics? Uh, well, I'm 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 cheating because I've actually oh, okay. got the. Let's, see, let's see how far I can get through it. Okay. <laughs> you just just buzz me when I'm wrong. Okay. Uh, I see them Bundy on the floor. I felt the pocket chains through all. The feelings that broke through the door just didn't seem to be too real. Uh, I'll stop that. Sorry, audience. Uh, <laughs> the yard is nothing but a fence. The sun just hurts my eyes somewhere. It must be time for penitence. Gardening at night is never where. It's never worth is what I have. It's never worth? Oh, it's never worth. Because I thought, I don't know. I, I was trying to remember when Neil Gaiman's book Neverwhere came out. Ah. Um, I was trying to link it into that somehow. <laughs> but uh, I assume that they're completely unrelated. Gardening at night, gardening at night. I think that's it. I, I think that's most of the first verse. Yeah. And then it falls apart. What have you got? Um, then I've got the neighbours go to bed at 10, call the prayer line for a change. The charge is changing every month. They said it couldn't be arranged. That The charge is changing every month is the line I never get. Ah. I'm like, call the prayer line for a change. Uh, they said it couldn't be arranged, etc. <laughs> that's, that's nice. So it, it looks good on the page. Like it, it looks, it looks quite poetic. <laughs> so does it flow? It, it yeah, like I found I could read that out quite quite quickly and just because you've got lots of lots of G sounds and lots of A's and R's and uh, yeah, you can tell I've studied poetry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to believe it. Like assonance and like repeating sounds. It's it's quite pleasing. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess it's a mystery of music, and some musical theorist will come and tell me why exactly this is true. But uh, like songs that get stuck in your head and songs that flow mm. and songs that like I don't really care. Like this is not meaningful to me because I connect in some way to the lyrics or even particularly 
I wouldn't describe the song as, I don't know, moving. Either the lyric, neither the lyrics nor like the tune. It's not particularly rousing or moving. But I, I don't know. Is that is that a combination of nostalgia? Or is it a combination of just that it flows and it's catchy and it gets stuck in your head or it's uplifting? Like I don't, I don't know what makes a song. I mean, not just like technically good, but like elevates it to another. Yeah, there's something kind of just a little bit higher when there's not anything particularly obvious. Yeah, there's there, there's not like some phrase that nails an experience that is somehow universal, you know, uh, or supposedly so, um, in a in an obvious way. But I kind of like that because certain bands that I will not name, because you know, insert band you don't like here. <laughs> um, I'm like the the verbal equivalent of subtweeting a band just almost write lyrics in such a way that you're kind of like you feel like they're cynically just going oh yeah well a lot of people will be able to relate to this and that therefore this song will be a hit and i'm like yeah i'd say this song is like it's kind of wistfully slightly regretful but not in a a major disaster happened it's like oh gardening at night it does it's never worth whatever yeah there's sort of something slightly whimsical about it yeah in the title and the concept like oh gardening at night which i've never really considered like it's a thing that seems stupid yeah <laughs> or even just thing you wouldn't really think of doing but i don't know whether that's true you probably could garden at night if you had enough light i i read somewhere that it was referenced to i think someone who is i'm probably garbling it but so listener google it yourself see what you come up with but (laughs) that someone was driving them somewhere and then they had to stop to attend the call of nature and i and they they just said i'm i'm off to do some gardening at night and they I think they just like went to pee by the side of the road, and, and supposedly the band was like, "Huh, that's a turn of phrase we haven't heard. Well, let's turn that into a song." That's a wonderful story, and I sincerely hope it's true. <laughs> it's it's quite funny. It does it does it does make it make make it sound like the the toilet trip in in question was was a more serious uh, than going for a pee <laughs> if it involves. <laughs> any like assuming like fertilization well yeah and just like a trowel <laughs> <laughs> or other gardening implements um. <laughs> <laughs> sorry it's gotten awfully scattered no it's fine i was just wondering whether the gardening at night in the song is like meant to be that or whether it's just more this is a fun phrase that fits into the song i suspect that <laughs> yeah i mean me too but good evening audience this is a song about pooping <laughs> we put it on our first EP because we really needed to. Uh, we needed everyone to hear it at the earliest possible opportunity. Um, we were just desperate to release it. Hey! And on that note, that's the end of the podcast. Wonderful. <laughs> sorry, I could only hold it in for so long. Turn on narrator. Toggle switch on. GDGC podcast at gmail.com.